0: to another episode of I Know What I Saw with Jay and Trent. Alright, but right now we have a new person in the booth right now. His name is Hunley. Hunley, tell everybody about yourself, your credentials, who you are.
1: Uh, Hunley Rosenberry, good friends with DSB Media. Worked hey, a few things with yeah. them and want to send a shout out for that. Uh, originally in the Army for the last 22 years before I met these gentlemen and um, well, we were deployed to Iraq one year in the famous Solder City where all the crazy stuff was going down.
2: Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, Hunley, I don't mean to cut you off, but can you say your whole name?
1: Yes, my full name is Hun Lee Rosenberry.
2: Okay, and I'm your moderator, Trent A. Johnson. <laughs> now let's start the story. There you go. All yeah. right, so uh,
1: speaking on uh, Iraq, uh, if anybody's paying attention during the war, yeah. one of the hottest parts of that city, the Wild West was called Sodder City, it was a heavy area, run by a local lord by the name of Al-Sadar. Oh, wow. Okay. Throughout the entire war, we never got him. Okay. He was making moves. But I happened to be part of Alpha Company, 2nd of the 505th Parachute Infantry Regiment, and it was about midway through the war that, you know, things were starting to settle down, and we are basically over there doing peacekeeping rotations, dealing with the elections. You know, President Obama just came in office. We were, We were changing the atmosphere to hearts and minds.
2: Okay, so... You were basically basically like a peacekeeper there.
1: Yeah. yeah. Not, they were
2: killing people, man, <clears throat> not peaceful. Okay, okay. Right.
1: okay. Peace through superior firepower, as uh, they call yeah, it. Well, um, Force but, freedom. But, but, hoorah! <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like the beginning. We weren't, like, wild with, you know, like, the rules of engagement. It had gotten right. drawn down to where things were a lot more peaceful, and we were trying to deal with things, you know. Okay. To diffuse situations instead of escalating them. Okay, okay. So, yeah, it was more of a peacekeeping mission, but yes, we were still doing our job when needed. A need peacekeeping be. mission by busting ass. Busting needed. ass, exactly. <laughs> okay. Taking I ass, like that. taking names, right. and collecting souls. There you right. Go. I feel that. And uh, the year we were there, we happened to be stationed in a large uh, building complex, also known to a lot of people that were in theater as the Cigarette Factory.
2: The Cigarette Factory. And okay. why did they call it that?
1: Well, during Saddam's rule of Baghdad, he wanted to make his own cigarette company. It's a tobacco okay. company. And they hired a big Chinese construction company to come out. There were laborers, and they built this large megastructure. It's the biggest building in Baghdad. And okay. you, you could see it from almost any direction in the city, so oh, as long wow. as it's a clear day. yeah. And it goes up six stories with the sixth technically being the roof, but there was a small building up there. Okay. Anyways, um... You know, it, it suited our needs. There was an entry point to the front we called ECP-1, and in mm-hmm. the rear, there was ECP-2, entry control point 2. Okay. And beyond entry control point 2 was this large, like, trash, waste, dump landfill. Yeah. Uh, it's mainly where a lot of the Shiites live because Saddam would not allow them to live in the city. So out there in the landfill, they create these villages and towns, and then over the years, Saddam went in there and just committed that genocide because wow. he was Sunni and they're Shia. Yeah. Well, that cigarette factory kind of got caught in the middle of all that conflict and um, nobody survived. Oh, wow. So
2: there's and, also. And let me ask you this. The this, this cigarette factory, you say nobody survived. Survived. Were these civilians?
1: Yeah. According to the stories we heard, because it was hearsay, because we couldn't confirm nor deny what was being told to us that the Chinese nationals that were sent there to build that building, the yeah. construction teams never went back home. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <clears throat> What's interesting about it was the whole time we were staying there in this building had a really eerie feeling. Like, we're a bunch of army guys. We get creeped out. You know, it's dark. We don't have a lot of lights running. But, I mean, you're already on high sense of alert. You're, you're in a war zone. Yeah, right. A- at any moment, you know, things could go wrong. Bombs, rockets, mortars, whatever. They start shooting. Yeah. Or you got a sniper on your butt. Yeah. But we all felt uneasy in this building. But w- what ended up happening was one night while my men were on duty, I happened to be the SOG, the Sergeant of the Guard. So I got to walk yeah. around, check on the guys, see how they're doing, make sure they're being awake. I know people usually stay awake in war, but the reality is people pass out. So wow. I walk to entry control point one. I'm talking to the guys there. I radio into the talk, which is the command and tell the command, hey, situation report, hey, everything's good out here, ECP-1, I'm moving to ECP-2. Yeah. I bump ECP-2 on the radio, and I'm not getting a reply. Okay. So I'm like, man, these two motherfuckers are sleeping.
2: So was that abnormal, or was that a normal thing?
1: Uh, people fall asleep, man. Okay. Truth be told. <laughs> right. Okay. So it's Sarn's job to come around there and put a fucking boot in that ass. Right, right. So, you know, I'm walking down the, the lane between ECP-1 and ECP-2, and I'm like, these motherfuckers better be a lake. I'm thinking about skinning some idiots, and yeah. I'm just like, all right, cool. So I go to the side of the vehicle, and I'm like, boom, 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 boom. I'm beating on the side door, and this is like solid steel because these are MRAPs. These yeah. are these are mine resistant armor-protected vehicles. Okay. So he can't really hear me, but because of all the the bells and whistles around the truck, they know somebody got close. Yeah. I realized something. All the lights aren't inside, so they're scanning their sector. They're looking down the driveway like they're supposed to. The guy up in the turret is standing up there in the turret. Everybody's doing what they're supposed to, but they're not paying attention to me. Yeah, Their eyes are fixed in front of them. Wow. And not just in front of them, inside the car, but looking at a view screen that we have that comes down in front of the driver. Mm-hmm. In front of the driver, y- you just got regular glass, but there's also this like, flat screen TV that you can bring down. And that flat-screen TV is, is a thermal, white-hot, black-hot camera. Okay. okay, okay, cool. And when you look through that, just like in the movies, you know, people are either bright white in heat or yeah. black in heat, depending on what setting you set it to. Okay. It just depends on the situation. Yeah. Well, sometimes you see things on those thermal cameras that you can't see with the naked eye. Right? OMG. And this just happened to be one of those days. I'm, I'm telling you to this day, I've, I've never seen anything like this. Wow. But when I finally got the boys to open the door... I was like, hey, what's going on? Both of them look shook, oh, wow. scared, yeah. afraid, terrified. And I'm like, what the hell? No, like, Sergeant, you got to see this. Yeah. So I'm looking. I'm like, well, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And he points at the screen. I look at him like, what the fuck? It's the entry control point And what the hell is that? Is that a dog? The fuck is that? They're standing in like midway from the left side of the wall, about halfway through the driveway, uh-huh. was, an, was a figure. Oh, wow. A person standing there. And my first instinct was it's too close to our entry control point. Nobody's supposed to be this close. We shoot to kill at that point. Yeah. They cross a certain area, boom, there's a warning shot. They cross another area, boom, we shoot close to their feet to let them know, hey, we're not playing with you. Yeah. You get as close as what I was seeing on the screen, and it's shoot to kill. Yeah. Okay. There, there is no questions. You will not be held liable for anything. This is your job.
2: So you have a predetermined... <clears throat> perimeter that's the kill zone
1: there's phase right. lines you can even look out of our screens you can look down the way there's little signs in arabic there's signs in english there's pictures because we know not everybody's literate again hearts and minds yeah mm-hmm. but i look at the screen i immediately duck out of the side of the vehicle to look with my own physical eyes at the road and i don't see it oh wow uh, and i'm just shook for a second i drop my night vision goggles yeah. because i'm like no 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 I, I, I lean in, I look at the screen, I see the apparition there again, I lean back out, I look down the roadway, I don't see it again, I throw down my night vision, I can't see it. my night vision. I turn at the guys, I start looking at the screen, they're like, sorry, she's been walking back and forth. It was for a last, she. Last 20 minutes. Wow. It's, it's the best we could determine was that she was a she because the outline, the shape, when she moved, she was wearing a full burqa. Yeah. The okay. problem though, and here's where it gets really eerie for me, uh-huh. it wasn't a grown adult size. It was like a small female child. Wow. When I say small, maybe 8, 10, 12, at the most maybe 13, 14. The people over there are not as tall in some regions and depending yeah. on how they grew up. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm thinking maybe we're sleep tired, we're, we're exhausted, we've been running missions all day or maybe we're just, we're all going you know, communitively crazy. Right. Okay. So I said all right. As McGregor saw it, I said because you know I've have sh- heard of shared collective madness where one person sees something and everybody else sees it because you know you get you right. get amped up like that. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, Mac Mac won't come down here and look at it. If you notice, he's full defilade in the turret. That means like his body was below the walls. Mm-hmm. And usually, when you're in the turret, you're up above where you can see above it. You can see down the weapon, or you can go full defilade where you're completely covered. Okay, McGregor is full defilade in the turret basically cradled up there so he don't have to look out wow and so the, he's closer to his brothers in the truck there are three guys at the entry control point plus me now so i said man i'm gonna dispel this they're like sergeant where are you going i said i'm gonna walk out there and they're like sergeant are you crazy i said hey dude <laughs> crazy or not i mean wow, it is what like it is movie, yeah <laughs> so i literally step off the mrap i start walking with crazy confidence my middle name <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. i didn't realize it yeah. i did not realize. i was shaking yeah my soldiers are like hey sergeant and I was, like, I was like, shh, shh. And I started walking. I said, am I standing next to where the operation is? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, dude, she's coming towards, she's coming. And for the life of me, I could not figure out, but I got terrified. And yeah. then I just felt intense cold.
2: Oh, fucking MG.
1: I felt such cold. I saw the goosebumps break out over my body. It is cold in the desert at night yeah. in Iraq, no yeah. matter what. It is a desert. Yeah. But there is a difference when you feel intense cold <clears throat> sweep through you. And it's not some air conditioner blowing on you. And there is no way that cold air could have came from anywhere. It was wow. chilly outside, but this wasn't a breeze. It felt like ice just moved through my veins, my okay. skin, and I felt it crawl through me. Wow, wow. that is and incredible. I didn't know what to do. I stood there, frozen for a second. The guys were like, Sorry, sorry, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Because I was like I was like, dude, I don't I don't I don't, And Kosis, the guy who's sitting in the driver's seat, goes, Sergeant, it's walking away from you. It's walking away from you. Oh, my God. And I'm getting goosebumps right now because he said what he saw was her turn around, all the guys watching the thermals, and they saw her eyes light up. Mm -hmm. And she started running towards me. Dude, when they said she's running, I bolted for the truck. I got goosebumps now. Wow. I bolted for the truck. I jumped inside the MRAP. I closed the 800-pound door. I told McGregor slam the hatch at the top. We made sure all the vehicles secure and we're on the thermals with the turret looking, looking around, looking around, looking around, and we don't see her.
2: That reminds me Whoa. of a movie. That's what I was thinking. Minister Society. No, I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the part <laughs> where, the part where he says, You know you fucked up, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> You know you fucked up, don't you?
1: So I mean, you know, the story ends there with the apparition. I didn't see her again. The other platoons claimed that there were other times that they saw her. But a while later, maybe three or four months later, I was sleeping one night and we got attacked. RPGs hit the side of the building. Yeah, The RPGs were so close to my bunk. They were maybe eight feet above my wall. Some of the cinder blocks and some of the sheet metal and everything started blowing out over my bed. I'm rolling out of the bed. I'm throwing on my flip flops. I'm throwing on my armor. I don't yeah. have time to throw my clothes on. I'm wearing yeah. these tiny little, like, catch-me-fuck-me shorts. Okay, yeah. That's what we call them in the Army. They're called yeah. ranger panties. Yeah. Yeah. Certain select guys can wear these. You know, the most manly wearing the girly shirts. Okay. I go run right to the sixth floor of the roof. We're taking heavy fire from Sodder City. They're like, somebody get on the mortar tube. We don't have any Charlies. Well, that's the guy who can, like, sit there and drop the bombs from that angle. Okay. I happen to be a secondary mortarman, so I'm double infantry, as they call it. I run to the roof, and my first thought is, okay, we need to light up the night sky. The yeah. only way to see the enemy is superior firepower and light. So I grabbed the 60-millimeter mortar. I started dropping illumination rounds in. I started shooting them in the air. Lights up like it's daylight, right? Yeah. We do business. side of the building's burning. We're blowing down all the fire. We're hitting it with the fire extinguishers, okay? So the reason why this ties in for me, even though it sounds like a firefight, there's yeah. a ghost, technically an apparition, Man in our control yeah. play yeah there's an elevator in the building we don't use okay so the floor where my bed was and my men got burned out yeah and remember i was telling you in the beginning they said that the those chinese laborers that had come to iraq to baghdad to build that that tower we heard they never went home yeah so when we were done clearing that floor we realized we had to move we were taking our equipment down so everything's being squared away because you can't leave any of that sensitive stuff behind we moved to the fourth floor we were going down the third floor, making sure it's clear. We didn't leave any any, any weapons, technology behind. Mm-hmm. And we just happened to look at the elevator doors. The doors are covered in children handprint sizes. Oh, wow. And oh, you man. never saw them before until the black fire had like, created that like stain on it. Holy shit. Covered in handprints, and it looked like they were trying to get out. Damn. And the funny thing is there was no fire until the day that our building took attack and fire. So mm-hmm. So the fire that happened... That day was a fire that stained the door. There was no fires in that building before that day. But the handprints on that elevator were children handprints. That the is, sizes of that them. That is incredible. And it didn't and look like they were playing. It looked like they were trying to get out.
2: Wow. So let me ask you this. After you seen this first apparition in the, uh, what was it, night vision? Or night,
1: what, thermals. Ther- the the ther- thermal ther- vision.
2: Mm-hmm. How long did it take? For you to come to grips with what it was i
1: to this day trent yeah. i still know that i saw something yeah but I, I can't tell you what i saw i can only say it was a ghost That's the closest wow. thing that i could describe it as was a ghost and i
2: and i imagine being in the, uh armed forces you don't have re- much time to think about something like that because no. you're getting shot at it's like you got two seconds to think about a right ghost, and then you're back to getting shot at her or you, really?
0: be, or you become one of those ghosts.
2: Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, right. you join the ranks of them. You know, wow. What
0: about the handprints, though? After that was over with, did you just like really sit there and think about that and feel sad? Or
1: Jay, nobody wanted to go to that third floor. Nobody would stop on that floor. When you went up the stairwells, everybody would kind of run on that landing. Did not matter your rank. Did not matter how many wow. people you had killed or how many times you'd been to combat or how tough you were. Everybody ran. Wow. We went incredible. up there. Well, okay. Um... Everyone, this was Mr.
0: Say your name? Hun Lee Rosenberry. And that was his story.
4: Look here, guys. If you want a high-quality car for an affordable price, go see Alex Quality Cars, home of the low-down payments as low as $500. That's Alex Quality Cars at 4045 Southport, Corpus Christi, Texas. Zip code 78415. The telephone number, 361-452-2507. Once again, that telephone number is
0: 361-452-2507. Sabrina the model. Hey,
3: okay. thank you for having me, you guys. Oh, my God. Yeah,
0: she is, um, she's an actress oh, yeah. with the reality show. She's on a reality show at this point or doing one. Um, she's a musician and a designer, as well as her name says, model. Oh, yeah. So you had a great story. Yes. Um.
3: Okay, so uh, when I was little, uh, I was probably around 10 or 11, and my granddad passed away. And um, every time he used to come into town, he used to walk with, like, a limp, and he had a cane. And it was just a certain way that he walked. And when he walked, I mean, when he passed away, um, I would still hear that. And I was like, nah, like, thinking to myself, is this real? Like, I don't know. You know, I'm young, so... I'm kind of skeptical, but I kept hearing it, you know, like every day. And then finally I went to my mom and told her, she's like, I I hear it too, you know? And then we went to my brother and he was like, I hear it also. And everybody just kind of kept it to themselves, but it was real scary and, uh, once I kind of acknowledged it and it was scaring me, I'm like, "Grandpa, please stop!" You know, I'm scared, and it stopped.
2: So let me ask you this: Were you, were you very close with him?
3: Yes, I was very close. Oh
2: wow! Well, well, let me. I know, I know.
0: Now you're an adult, and yes. you, at that time he was a child. But I want to know: Was he a good guy?
3: Yes, he was. What,
0: what, what would make you scared of the situation? Then
3: um, what, it's just the point of knowing that a freaking uh, ghost. A ghost yeah, like, but he's back, and he was yeah. he was close
0: with them. He was a great guy. He's there looking out for you. I mean, it seemed like to me you would be. That's happy. still scary. Jay.
3: Yeah, it's still scary. I mean, the same kind of happened to my dad. You know. Oh wow. So.
0: Okay, well, tell us about your uh, dad.
3: I lost my dad back in uh twenty twenty sixteen. Um, I'm and sorry to hear that. I was a daddy's girl. Reason right. for me being spoiled now, but. Uh. Uh, When he passed away, uh, little things would happen in the house and my kids would be like, Mommy, the light turned on or the fan just turned on. We turned it off. It would turn back on. And, um, you know, my daughter says she's seen his shadow sitting in the chair. It's just a certain way he used to sit in the chair when he used to come over to my house. And um, I used to just, I I would see see him in my dreams, I noticed. But he would never talk. And um, he would just be there in my dreams. So it was kind of weird. So let me ask
2: you this. These experiences you had, did other people in the house see them with the same frequency that you did? Yeah, my kids. Okay.
3: Yeah, my kids did. And um, they would just see the lights, you know, pop on or like the fan cut on or something would just fall. Oh, wow. And, um, I mean, we knew it was him because my kids were very, very close to him. And then with me again, I would see him like in my dreams, but he would just be there. He would never talk.
2: Oh, wow. And so what what, were you staying in Houston when this happened? Yes. Oh, wow. Wow.
3: wow, yeah, and uh, Florida too—a little oh, okay. bit of both. Okay.
0: Did did um? Okay, well, let me ask you this here. There was some, I was, let me ask, tell you this real quick. I had a, a good friend of mine when I was younger, really young. His name was—we called him Bow Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. and we just keep it at that. He passed away, and when he passed away, I had a dream. This one particular dream, and he walked in, and he was just sitting there, and he didn't say a word, but he kept pointing at the door, and for some reason in my dream, I knew he was telling me to get out. Oh wow. So I woke up and I was like, what the hell, what the hell? Was so, there a white lady there with you? No, th- who, my kid's mom? And he was telling you, get out? <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh my
3: goodness. <laughs> I'm
0: just yeah, asking, bro. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there, there okay. was a white woman okay. there with me. right? <laughs> okay. But what I did was, I ended up moving. Yeah. Okay. I, I made it a, a, a big thing to move, actually. Yeah. And um, it just so happened, I lived at this corner apartment and shortly after that, it was a high-speed chase and a car hit that part of the building. Oh, So, wow. so wow. I wondered wow. anything. Yeah, aristocrats. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. Did anything ever like that, like your dad or, or your granddad kind of tell you? Because you said you had a dream and he was just there. Is there no. anything?
3: No, and it was really just good dreams, like with my dad. I didn't see any, have any dreams with my, gran, mm-hmm. my grandpa, but uh, with my dad, he, he does show up in my dreams a lot of times. But again, like he never talks. And he's wow. not telling me anything, but he's just there with me. Okay,
2: so this, this uh, ability to perceive ghosts it usually runs in the family. Does your mom have any uh, ever told you anything? Oh uh, yeah,
3: it? she's had little stories like the one with my granddad, uh, with my dad. Uh, she thought she, I think she heard him or something. Okay. Oh. I know what it was. Uh, my and her and my kids said they used to hear him cough because he oh, was a wow. smoker, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he would do like a deep cough. Oh and wow! They used to say they would hear him cough, like sound like it was coming from the living room. And my mom did tell me that. Um, wow. So I'm just like, oh, I haven't heard that. Um,
2: I heard I had a, the same thing happen that's to a me. Much. My my great grandfather died in the house that I was staying in, and I heard him coughing, clearing his throat after he was dead and gone. And I was like, what the fuck? Wow. Yeah. That that is wild. That's, that is great. I, I don't want to hear that. And you're originally from where? Um Florida. Okay. Right. And so this, this the incidents with your grandfather father happened in Florida. In
3: Florida. And my dad, uh yes, in Florida. It started off in Florida, then uh, the last of my dad was has been here in Houston. Oh wow. Okay. Wow. wow.
0: That is amazing. And that was
3: with my kids. I ha nothing has came about with me besides him being in my dreams here. Okay.
0: Okay. okay. I mean, Wow, I mean, and, and it's in the, Are you still in the same house? Um, yes, it's the same place. Ooh, we. So nothing else wicked, or your children saying. No, anything?
3: they just be like, oh, mommy, the light came on, or something fell, or and wow. and they'll explain. They're like, no, nah, I wasn't like this, and we all piled in the room together, and like if I'm not home or something, or if I, I'm asleep and. I'm like, that's just your, your grandpa. I'll wow, you
2: know. be like, fuck that, mom. We got to yeah, go. Yeah, they were very <laughs> close to him. <laughs> yeah. So I right. knew he
3: wouldn't do nothing to really. So harm,
0: harm him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you, did you, um, Brandy asked you this question before we had to do a retake, but um, did you tell anyone else this story <laughs> or were we the first ones you actually said it out?
3: Uh, yeah, I did. Just my mom, you know, meet, just my mom and my brother, really.
0: Just your mom and your brother. Yeah. Very cool. So you guys at home, you understand um, people have stories, Yes. you know? And we would like you to um, really call in, send an email if you have a story, and we'll try to get you on the show to be able to tell your side of your story. We're not going to break it down. We're not nothing. It's because you know what you saw, you know? So this was another episode from Sabrina the Model. Oh, yeah. Right? With uh, Trent and Jay um, called I Know What I Saw.
3: Hey. Hey. What's up? It's your girl, Sabrina the Model, and I am listening to the Urban Paranormal Podcast.
4: What's up, man? It's your big brother K Reno, and right now y'all are checking out Urban Paranormal Podcast. Yeah. Hi, I'm Tom Sizemore. I'm listening to Urban Paranormal Podcast. Yeah. But yeah, man, let me get into the story, man. Um when I was um, uh probably uh, we moved from lived in Sunnyside uh from like when I was born in 71 and you know my mother and father um separated so okay. my mother's family is from Toledo Ohio so she sent the kids to um Toledo okay so we stayed in Toledo from 1976 and we came back to Houston moved to Third Ward in uh, February 1980 okay so um for a while uh, I stayed with my uncle and my two sisters um 'Cause she he had he has um uh, a daughter uh, and another it has two daughters around my um sister's age, so and he has a son, my cousin, Kenny Wayne, so we all stayed together. And then my mother finally came to Houston. Not not came to Houston, when my mother finally left Houston and came to Ohio, probably about um I would say about three three months later. Okay. A month later, something like that, three months later. Okay. Then we all moved with her baby sister, which is my aunt Eva. And um, my Aunt Eva has three kids, which is um my um two bo- three boys, uh Chucky and then um my two uh, cousins, um uh, Damon and Damon. Okay. And my two sisters, you know, which are twins, Darlene and Darlene, and then myself. So there three it was six kids in the house, then you had my mother and my aunt. Mm-hmm. So um the house was thirty three fifty eight mill Street in Toledo, Ohio. Okay. And so uh man, you know, from the time I got there. I never noticed anything, anything like that, but I always heard stories. You know, my aunt was talking about she seen a man smoking a pipe uh, downstairs in the basement when she went down there, you know, to uh, wash clothes. And I would hear her sometimes, like she liked to play solitary at the table. Yeah. In, in the living room. And I would hear her sometimes, y'all better leave me alone. I ain't, I ain't worried about y'all. say so she was here, she had, you know, skipping around the house. Oh, whatever. Wow. And my mother. My mother, you know, she always had like, you know, ESP. She always like to, you know, see spirits and things like that. Cause like uh, myself, my name is Christopher because uh, my grandmother died in June, I meaning July seventy one, and I was born in December seventy one. So I made up for my grandmother. Okay. So, and she always said that, you know, well, my I always said my grandmother never seen me. She like, yes, yeah, she is. Like basically, she seen you before, so no problem. She's came to visit. So, mainly, man, like you know two experiences I had, man, uh, we had a, a Christmas tree uh, one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is in live, Toledo. This is Toledo, yeah, Toledo. 3358 okay. Mayor Street, man, you know, so yeah. Okay.
2: Um,
4: we live in Toledo and um had a Christmas tree, a live Christmas tree, like basically, no you know, Christmas trees that you go uh, from, I guess, they chop in the forest or whatever to sell them. Yeah. So, man, um, this tree, we decorated it and like, man, um, I would say, one night, you know, I would hear, you know, one night um, the music was playing and I am I was sitting on the couch and I remember looking at the tree and the tree started mimicking the beat of the music, like rocking back and forth. So I even like wiped my eyes like, okay, what the hell? And, wow. you know, and I'm probably about seven years old then, man. And so wiped my eyes again. And then when the music stopped, the damn tree stopped and, like, did, like, a shimmy and shook, like, you know, some of its damn um, decorations off.
2: Damn. What the hell? So,
4: like, yeah, man, like, every morning, like, sometimes we get up. we So, uh, basically, you know, the,
2: the Christmas tree did the Harlem shake.
4: Hey, man, I don't know what the hell was going on, but I clearly saw that Christmas tree dance and do its little thing.
2: Did you tell, and, um, did then, you tell uh, your people? Did you
0: tell somebody, like, hey, man, the tree was uh, dancing?
4: Of course, man, because see that was the rumor in the house. You know, people had already said, you know, the Christmas oh. tree dance and music and stuff, and so as and, and that yeah, was, was my first time speak. seeing it. But it already been that it had already been the rumor in the house that that was being said. You know, I don't wow. know if, if they wanted the kids to know or whatever like that, because maybe the kids would have been afraid or whatever. But okay. you know. Yeah, but that was a room in the house, and so it just that night, I happened to see it.
2: You witnessed and, that um, shit with your own eyes that night?
4: I witnessed it with my own eyes, man. Like I said, man, you know, I put that on everything, man. You know, I have no reason to lie. You wow. know, I ain't no reason to sit up there and try to, you know, recognition out of nothing. To show. I ain't to lie by no damn ghost. I'm a no ghost coming looking for me, you know what I'm saying? So, shit, that, you know, <laughs> that shit is, uh, is so
2: shit. actually like a fucking horror story. I'm just... Yeah. trying to vision that shit in my mind. Yeah, man, I'm going to that shit. That, that shit dope. is
4: terrifying. You know, yeah, you know, yeah but as, as, a, as a child, though, man, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it really wasn't, wasn't. I, I really wasn't scared until um, the incident that really, like, that stuck with me because this is, uh like, not just myself. The yeah. final incident that I dealt with, you know.
2: Now, this is the scary um, one. I know where you're going with this one.
4: Yeah, okay. Well, first of all, I'll tell you about the uh, other one. I take that back, uh, other incident about the uh, black cat. Okay. Okay, we had like a um, a black cat, man, and like, uh, it wasn't our cat, but this cat, man, was like, this wasn't like no regular cat, man. This cat would like walk around the house, you know, the, the our yard, man, the neighborhood or whatever, and this cat was shitting in our yard like a dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. we used to have cat shit all in the trash can and stuff like that. And so it was crazy, man. And so we got, one of those um what do you call it like uh you know ideas man we down south they call them wood rats. You know, yeah. those big giant rat uh, traps, man. Okay. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. we got one of those for the cat, you know, put some tune on and stuff like that. And I'm telling you I'm with my cousin. We in the backyard. Uh we heard the trap. I seen the cat like jerking it under the under the under the uh, the thing. Uh-huh. And so we run in the house, we're like, hey, you know, we finally got the cat, finally got the cat. So my sisters come outside, man, say, man, a damn cat is sitting on the fence licking his paws and looking at us like what? Wow. Like, like, I, I don't know. Like, I can't tell you like what happened between us running the house and telling my sister and all that and to come outside and that trap and that cat under that trap. But we saw his ass jerking to be dead. And I don't know how anybody could physically pull that, that, that lever off his neck. You know, wow. and let him go or whatever, and he looked like he was brand new. It looked like he wasn't nothing wrong with him, man. Like you know,
2: like, like what? Wow, that's probably wow. that
3: is crazy.
2: Probably life for number eight. <laughs> yeah, you man. So saying, for real, real. yeah, King's man. Cat. You know, cat got <clears throat> nine lives
4: and stuff, man. But uh, um, <clears throat> so the final incident that I dealt with um was um it was six of us, so like I can say I told you it six kids. And my mother and my aunt had went out to the club one night. It was me, uh, my two sisters, and um, my three cousins. Yeah. So, we was upstairs, and the way the house is made, it, it was three levels. You know, in Ohio, upstairs, downstairs, and had the basement. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> basement door was locked. So we kept hearing, um, like sound like somebody was walking up and down the stairs in the basement, like pop, pop, just heavy footsteps. So, of course. So we all like, what's going on and stuff, you know. So. So we wait a minute. Got to-
2: so y'all were y'all were on the first level and y'all heard things below y'all in the basement?
4: Yeah, see, we was basically, we was upstairs. We was upstairs because, like, when I can recall, I was asleep. Okay. And I was woken up to, uh, it's somebody downstairs in the basement. Yeah. You know what I'm oh saying? Shit. And so, yeah, and so that's what they, that's what until told my sister, you know, at the time. So at this time, man, I'm see, this like 1979, like, right before we left. So I'm, like, going on, like, probably about nine, nine years old, man, you know what I'm saying? so my sisters, you know, she's they um what? Uh seven years older than me. So, you know, they, they I, I'm nine, man, they sixteen. Yeah, you know, so yeah. they graduated in nineteen eight yeah. So they they sixteen years old. And um well hold on, let me see let me see they're seventy eight. Let me see, hold on, I'm nine so they six years older than me. So yeah they they, they, they I take Yeah they, hold on, let me see they're seven years older. Than me, that's right, they're seven years older than me. my brother eight and my other brother's nine older than me. So yeah.
2: I'm 16. Um,
4: yeah, so they're they, they about 16 years old, man. They're about 16 years old, so yeah, because they graduated in 1983. So with that being said, man, um, uh, then we got my other cousins who younger than me. They are, they are seven. And then my cousin, Chucky, is two years older than me. He's 11. Okay. So, um, man, so we all get together, and we walk downstairs, you know, to the second level, and then we go in the kitchen where the basement door is at, and, and, and so, all of a sudden, the steps stopped. So, we all got, you know, everybody got something in their hand. So, you know,
2: y'all so investigating to... the sound.
4: Yeah, but you know how it is, man. You know how we was always talking, man. You know, you had one in the family, you know, everybody fight. Because, you right. know, back then, man.
2: Y'all was going to get head, on like... that ghost ass. <laughs>
4: <clears throat> <For laughs> sure. Yeah, man, yeah. So, you know, everybody about to fight, man. So, yeah, everybody we got a stick. Everybody, you know, got something in their hand, yeah. you know. So, and um when we get around that corner, man, to the basement door, man, like, it's like it knew, like, we was there, and it stopped. And then, like, as soon as we got close to the door, man, it was like the loudest beating I ever seen in my life. And I'm like, man, I looked, I actually saw the door turn into something like, the door was like, I guess, like plastic or or gum, because whatever was on the other side hit that door, I saw. Would turn to gum, like it's six was coming through the door, and I took off running. Uh-huh. That, that's the last thing I saw. I got the hell out of there, and I probably—I know I beat my family upstairs. I know that for a fact because yeah, I, I'm already. Know. Yes, go ahead. No, no, you no. So, ahead. so I'm are sorry, you saying like
0: maybe like um, I'm just going to talk in terms that most people understand, over that I can understand like yep. a ghost went through the wall through the door and it made like this ectoplasm stuff left behind or yeah was, like, man whatever.
4: yeah man like 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 um um like you know that movie Jacob's Ladder when you get under that plasma you know what I'm saying yeah. stuff yeah, like I taking on that it. plastic mm-hmm. yeah okay. yeah exactly man you know like it was it's basically man like that's what that's what I started with my own eyes man because wow. like I was like one of the you know you know of course I'm scared because yeah. I'm I'm one of the like one of the ones in the back so you know what I'm saying so and when I seen it, I saw the door. I saw two, like, whatever fists. I saw that door, like, turn to to gum, man. I saw that I saw that with my own eyes, and I wow. took off running. We run up the stairs, and so, man, we upstairs. So all of us run upstairs, man. So this was the, the horror after that, man. So this shit went on, man. Like, whatever was downstairs just kept walking up and down the stairs of the basement and then beating on the door. We never went back downstairs. Wow. So we stayed up there. And this went on, man, probably for about the next, man, I say, man, four or five hours, you know. until my mother, my, yeah, man. So it was so, like. So, I'm so, so like, wait a
2: minute, Chris. C.J., so y'all were basically kids home alone, tormented by this thing until your parents made it back. Four hours. Yeah,
4: wasn't no, wasn't no cell phone, wasn't no call, wow. wasn't, no, wasn't no, yeah, man. This this 78, man, this seventy eight, seventy nine, 79, man, you know what I'm saying? So, I could just no, imagine that. Yeah, so you scared to death, man, so you got to wait. One you know thing you're doing is waiting, we upstairs, upstairs, you and know, we know when Mama come home, we can see the lights come, you know, and what's next, so we upstairs. So we met them fucking outside at the door. We met them outside, you know what I'm wow. saying? So wow. in the car, telling them, you know, what's going on. You know, like somebody in the basement, whoa, 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 like that. So uh, they went, of course, they went and got their guns, you know, the nose 38 pistol, you know, back right. then. Right. So they got their pistol, and well, we had two uh, dogs named Chip and Chiba. So they were like attack dogs, man, you know what I'm saying? So, and um, these dogs, it was cold, man. So my, they was trained, you know, uncle, all that. So um, they took the dogs and they got the guns. They went, opened the basement door, went down to the basement, checked the basement window, checked all that shit like that, man. It wasn't nothing fucking there. Because it beat on the fucking door like until my mom and them came home. My mom and them went down there, it was fucking like just disappeared and shit like it. So they looking at us like, y'all, what the hell going on? Like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm telling y'all, I'm telling you, mama, i you, mama. So, you know, and so they put the dog, Chip, the other dog, they put him in the basement that night, you know, so. Poor okay, kid. So, yeah, yeah, so the next morning, man, yeah, the next morning, uh, we sitting up here, uh, you know, chilling uh, well, I'm going to cook breakfast. And so Chip's scratching on the basement door. So mama opened the basement door. So every time Chip would want to go outside, he would run to the uh, front door. And the same thing with Sheba. When she wanted to go outside, she would go to the front door and turn around the circle. So we would open the door and let them go outside and they would do their business to come back in. Yeah. So it was snowing, man. Open that door for Chip. I'm the one opening the door for Chip. Open that door for Chip. Chip took off across that snow. Chip never came back to that
1: fucking house <laughs> <laughs> oh Chip smart
2: Chip was like fuck these motherfuckers <laughs> Wow that is incredible. <laughs> Chip off the chain <laughs> That is an incredible I never story CJ I never Brought to you by DSB Media Would you like to advertise on the Urban Paranormal Podcast Send us an email at urbanparanormal13 at gmail.com Or if you just have a story to tell, send us an email. Help support the Urban Paranormal Podcast by sending your donations to dollar sign DSB Media on Cash App. That's dollar sign DSB Media on Cash App.